our series Sweatpants. And uh, the subtitle is Living with Vision to Expand. So this idea that God wants to expand the vision of your tomorrow. Amen, somebody. And so we've been looking at that. We are going to be in Genesis chapter 16 this morning. Uh, But before we jump into that, I do want to welcome all of our friends who are online watching. Uh, What we've discovered is that before uh, people actually step foot uh, in in this space, they're checking us out online. And so could we just welcome everybody who's viewing us online this morning? Welcome, welcome. Uh, We think that if you are physically able, there was no better place to be than in the house. And so uh, we're we're waiting for you, expecting uh, great things for you as you you check out the the live in-person experience. And so uh, real quick also, Easter is in two weeks, everybody. We're excited about that. We have something for the entire family. I heard that there's going to be Easter egg hunts for the kids. Uh, well, not hunt. They're just going to put eggs on the purple mat, and then the kids will pick them up. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, there, it's just going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be treats afterward. After each experience, we're just going to have an opportunity for us to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. And so, uh, so we got two worship experiences for you, 9, 10, and 10, 30. And the great news is af- uh, after Easter, from Easter until September, we are actually going to two worship experiences. And uh, yeah, we're excited about that. It's going to be 9, 10, and 10, 30. And we just want to create space for people to come and to experience Jesus. And imagine, for those of you that are here already, if there was no room for you to experience Jesus, where would you be now? And so we we just want to think about those who are not yet here, create space for them to encounter Jesus, and it's going to be so much fun. We actually had someone, I hope you're here right now, she came at 9.10 this morning and said, doesn't church start today at 9.10? And I said, no, I'm so sorry. It starts uh, on Easter, so hopefully I just want to, we'll get the word out even better that it starts at Easter, goes till September, and hopefully we're believing that it surpasses uh, September, and it just, it is a thing now, and we just keep adding worship experience as people want to encounter the hope of Jesus, and so, so 9, 10, 10, 30, starting Easter, is going to be a lot of fun, uh, but Genesis chapter 16, we're going to conclude our series of sweatpants this week. And then next week, we're going we're gonna to talk about Palm Sunday, because next week is Palm Sunday, and uh, it's going to be great. So Genesis 16, verse 1 through 4, it says this, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps, perhaps I can build... A family through her. And just like a good husband, Abram agreed <laughs> to what Sarah said. <laughs> He's like, I guess if I have to, right? Like, so, come on, chill. If we weren't in church, y'all would be laughing. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, some assembly required. 
some assembly required. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for uh, just this opportunity that we have to be here, to gather together as a community uh, of people from all different backgrounds, all different uh, mindsets, God, but, but we, we want to rally around the same thing, just loving you, Jesus, and encountering your love. And so I pray that within this next few moments together, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do. You are our guest of honor this morning. We ask that you would just transform our heart, transform our mind. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we just thank you for that. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone, say Amen. Amen. I think it has been well documented that the Peter household is not an outdoors household. <laughs> if you said to us, to my family collectively, if you said, would you guys rather go enjoy nature on a hike or stay at home, watch Netflix while eating popcorn, your boy's going to choose Netflix and a popcorn. <laughs> like, we're just not outdoorsy people. But I have discovered and I have realized that, uh, to, that there are some experiences that my kids in, uh, particularly have to encounter that have to do with outdoors. And if I want to be a good dad, a good father, then I have to introduce them to these activities. One of them is camping. Now, I have no camping supplies at all. I don't have a tent. I don't have a sleeping bag. I don't have the little things that you cook food with, like I have nothing. And so, uh, so but, but I knew that this is something that I had to do for my kids so that they can go to school and be like, I have a good dad, he took us camping. And so, 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 so we, went, we went camping, I had, I had to borrow everything. And, and this one time in particular, I had to borrow a tent from someone. I, I, I asked people like if they had a tent and uh, one person came back and said, we have a tent you can use. And great news, it is a self-set-up tent. And I was like, ooh, that's amazing. And in my mind, a self-set-up tent was I just pull it out of the bag, and all of a sudden it's like, and it forms into a tent. That's what I was hoping for. Come on, Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so, so we, go, we go camping, man, and my kids, uh, we get everything out of the car. We get the, the, the food area prepped, uh, the fireplace prepped, and I turn around, and my kids are having the time of their life. They're running around. They're doing outdoors. They're running around, hugging trees. You know, like, they, 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 they bought into this nature thing. They're recycling. You know, like, they, they just, they, they bought <laughs> They bought into this whole outdoors theme lifestyle, and uh, and we're, we're I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're having such a great time. They're enjoying the great outdoors, and so I thought to myself, well, I better set up the tent. So I take the tent out, and I'm waiting for it to to self set up, and I pull out this joker, and as I unzip it. I unzip it. There are poles upon poles upon poles upon poles upon poles that all look the same. There's no labels on the poles. It's just black poles with fabric. And I'm opening, I open it up and I'm staring at this bag of hell. 
And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Let's just go home. <laughs> Camping's probably not that much fun anyways. But, but in that moment, what I realized was in order for my kids, in order for my kids' expectation of camping to, to come to pass, for them to experience it, then I had to put some action to their expectation. In order for my kids, I'll say it again, in order for my kids' ex camping expectation to come to pass, I had to be willing to put some action to their expectation. Now, here's why I tell you this, because this is a series on, ex on expectation, expanding the vision that God has for your life. Here, here's why I'm telling you this, is because for every expectation that God places in your heart, please know action is required. So for every expectation that God has been stirring in your spirit for the past three weeks, please know Action, expectation requires action. In fact, this is a very biblical principle because we see this uh, with Jesus' stepbrother in James chapter 2. He writes this. He says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled. That's expectation. Go, be warm. Go in peace, be filled, that's expectation. But without giving them the things needed for the body, that's works, that's action, what good is it? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So, so James, he's, he, he's letting us in on the secret of life. That with every expectation that you have, please know that there's action. He's, 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 he's trying to prep his audience, to prep the reader. So you and I, we have a part to play in the role of God revealing uh, an expectation of what he wants to do in our life. There's, we, we play a part in this role. So that means that if God has placed a seed of expectation in your heart for an increased wealth, your response cannot be to go home and play video games. Because it's not a genie, it's God. Like my, my actions have to follow the expectation. So if God has placed a seed in my heart to expand my leadership capabilities at my workplace, my response can't be neglect and laziness. Because why? My actions have to follow the expectation. <clears throat> Excuse me, one more. If God has placed a seed of expectation for a restoration in your marriage, between your kids, whatever relationship it is, your response cannot be to neglect it. But rather, my actions have to follow the expectation. See, because expectation without the hustle is just a dream. 
So I have to do some, there's, there's a part that I have to play in this role. Now please note that for the past three weeks, my intentions for this series was not to get you to dream bigger dreams. If that is what you have taken from the past three weeks that, oh, John is just wanting me to dream bigger dreams, that is incorrect. Now, dream big dreams, that's good. There's nothing wrong with dreaming bigger dreams. But my heart of this series is not to get you to dream bigger dreams, but rather for you to understand the potential of who God is, the potential of what God can do, and then allow you to match your willingness to act with the potential of God and put it together and to understand that he's expecting great things for me, but I have to be willing to put action to it. Come on, someone say, some assembly required. Some assembly required. So now, as we put action to our expectation, I think it's very important that we all know this one thing, that not all action is good, and not all good action is God. I'll say that again. Not all action is good action. Not all good action is God action. Which implies that I, my actions can be leading me down a road that God never intended me to go. So not all action is created equally. There is some actions that just digs me deeper down into a pit. Is that just me? Let, let me put it this way. There are some actions... That will cause self-sabotage. And I think if we're honest, a lot of us have experienced self-sabotaging. Self-sabotage. That there are moments in times when, when I just, I do, I, like, I'm like, God, I'm expecting. And I just, I make the wrong, the wrong choice, the wrong action. Do the wrong thing. And we're going to talk about how to, better, um, how to better make the right choice. Does that make sense? That was a weird sentence, to better make a better choice. Come on, John, go to school. <laughs> Focus. What am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Told you. See, if that bottle was there, it would, it would fall. <laughs> I'm helping you make better choice. I need to make a better choice and find my notes. And so, <laughs> self-sabotage. I don't know who said that, but you won the day today. <laughs> hey, guys, let's just pray and we'll end right now. <laughs> I just feel so blessed, you know. Um, so not all action is good action. Not all good action is God action. And so we see this in our text, actually. And the text that we read in, in Genesis chapter 16, there's a little self-sabotage that takes place. Now, before we go back to chapter 16, just a brief recap of what took place in chapter 15. 
Because chapter 15 is very important in order to really grasp chapter 16. And so if you weren't here in week one, uh, Genesis chapter 15 is a chapter of God just expanding the expectation of Abram's vision. And he does it two ways. He does it with offspring and with territory. So chapter 15 of Genesis, you can read this when you get home if you like. Uh, what's taking place is God, he calls Abram out and he says, Abram, your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. Abram's like, okay, cool. It's kind of a problem. We don't have any kids yet, but this, it's okay. Thank you. Thank you for expanding my expectation. And then what's really neat in Genesis chapter 15 is God, within a couple verses, he, he, uh, he goes through the entire uh, journey of Israel. God's like, you're going to be foreigners in the land, Egypt. You're going to be enslaved for a while, Egypt. But don't worry, you're going to be freed. Moses coming and freeing Egypt. And then God's telling Abraham all this before it even comes to pass. He says, and then, and then uh, you guys are going to be disobedient, and it's going to cause you to wander in this land. And that happens, right? And then, and then uh, God says to Abraham, he says, but eventually, once you find, once you obey, and once I lead you to the promised land, he says, all of this, Abram, will be yours and your descendants. And so in Genesis chapter 15, God is enlarging the expectation of Abram's vision. And then we get to Genesis chapter 16. And the very first verse, the very first verse reminds the reader of the reality in which Abram's facing. It says, Sarah could not have kids. It's like, yo, like you could have buffered it. You could have said, Abraham was hopeful. Abraham left with a smile, knowing that everything was going to work out fine. But it goes from chapter 15, God's faithful, God's good, to chapter 16 and verse 1, Abraham and Sarah couldn't have kids. It's like, why? And then in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 16, it says that Sarai has this brilliant idea. And she's, she's like, hey, babe, come here, come here. So I, I, just hear me out. Hear me out before you say anything, okay? <laughs> Abram's like, yeah, whatever, whatever you want, you know? She's like, um, so God in, God in chapter 15, obviously she didn't say chapter 15, but <laughs> she's like, <laughs> She's like, in chapter 15, I know what God spoke to you. And, uh, well, you know that we can't have kids. So, babe, I have this brilliant idea. She, she said, um, you, you know Hagar? He's like, yeah. So, I think that uh, she should be your wife, take her as your wife, and 
she can have the babies. And Abram's like, trick question? <laughs> no. <laughs> but what's, what's amazing is that Abram agrees. And if you've never read this story before, what takes place is that um, Hagar and Abram, they have a baby. Woo! His name is Ishmael. But guess what? Ishmael was not the promise that God had for Abram. So Ishmael, Hagar, it was a good idea, maybe, but it wasn't a God idea. It was good action, maybe, but it wasn't God action. And I was, I was thinking about this. And I began to wonder if Abram's willingness to comply to his wife's request, if it had to do with the fact that he remembered what God had said in the previous chapter. Like, like I wonder if, if Abram, while Sarai was talking to him, if he began to think, well, you know what? Like, God did say we're gonna, I'm going to be a father to many nations. And we can't have kids. Yeah, maybe this is what God was talking about. Like, I wonder if, I wonder if his encounter of him understanding the expectation of, of God expanding his vision, I wonder if it had to do if that had to do with his willingness to comply. He's like, because expectation requires action. Thank you. I don't know who said that. There it is. There's a hand. <laughs> expectation requires action. And so I wonder if he's just pondering, like, yeah, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what God has. Maybe this was his plans. And I think, at least for myself, where I get in trouble is when I mistake taking action to mean taking control. So when, I, when, when I'm like, I'm going to take action, that... Like, I, I internalize that, and I'm like, okay, that means that I'm going to take control of the situation. But you can take action without taking control. Like, I can take action with moving without actually having to take control. Because when I take control, I mess things up. When I take control, nothing seems to work as it should. When I take control, everything becomes worse. And so when, when we mistake taking action for taking control, what I think it does is it sets our mind on just the expectation and we neglect the very person that put the expectation in our heart. 
And so all of a sudden, I'm so expectation driven that that's all I'm focused on. The work increase, the wealth increase, the better family. I just focus on that and I neglect God. And all of a sudden, that expectation, it becomes an idol. Do you know another word for idol? It becomes your God. And so I have to learn to, to, to navigate that so that I can take action without taking control. And so how do we do that? How do we do that? Great question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so I want to give you three filters that are not fail-proof or foolproof. But these are three filters that, helped, that has helped me navigate of deciding whether this is my pace or God's pace. Oh, that, and because here's the thing. Abram, Abram did what most of us do that causes the most self-sabotage. And it's this very thing. He, he picked the pace. He picked the pace. And I want to propose this thought to you that pace isn't your place. Pace is not my place. Pace is not your place. And when pace becomes my place, it means that I'm taking charge. It means that God is no longer in control, but I've, I've told God, hey, God, calm down. I'm right here. I got this. But pace is not my place. So three filters to, to how we can navigate, help you better navigate, whether it's God's pace or my pace. Three questions that, that, that you can ask yourself. Question number one. Does the pace make sense to me? Does the pace make sense to me? Here's what I've discovered. Again, I'm the guinea pig here. So here's what I've discovered is that my pace always makes sense. God's pace never makes sense. My pace always makes sense. God's pace never makes sense. And that could probably be the only point you need right there. <laughs> we see that in scripture when, when Jesus feeds the multitude. Like my pace is like, hey, send everyone home. They can come back later. They don't have to eat now. That makes sense to me. Very logical. <laughs> you know what doesn't make sense? Jesus is like, nah, they can stay. You feed them. Oh, heck no. That makes no sense. <laughs> pace. Does the pace make sense to me? If it makes sense to me, then it might be my pace and not God's pace. Again, please, no emails, okay? You're like, I tried what you said. Just blame it on Jesus. 
does the pace make sense to me? Here's the second filter question that you can ask yourself. Does the pace leave others behind? Does the pace leave others behind? We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, the Apostle Paul, he, he says that the body of believers are different body parts. And that each body part plays a critical and unique function to the entire body. And so if that's what it says, again, the body, the church, so we're talking about believers, right, with my next statement. If that is the case, and if that is the fact, then God's pace will never allow me to run ahead of everyone else and leave everyone else behind. Now, again, if these are people who are bringing you down and they're, they're, they're encouraging you to live a life counter to Scripture, be my guest, run, flee. <laughs> but, but, excuse me, but in, 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 in context to what we're talking about today, we're talking about believers, your, 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 your community, your, your family. Does my pace, does the pace leave others behind? Like, what is it doing? What is it doing? And then here's the third one. So we got three, three questions to ask. First question, does the pace make sense to me? Second question, does the pace leave others behind? And third question, final question, does the pace bring glory to God? Does the pace bring glory to God? See, my pace will always make me look like the hero. My pace always makes me look like the hero. Whoo! I graduated early because I took 4,500 units one semester. Yo, that's so much. Rob, that's so, you're so good. That's amazing. Can I be honest? I don't even know how I graduated. I'm not joking. If I showed you my transcript of high school and then college, y'all would be like, how, like, how is he even here? How can he put sentences together? <laughs> you think I'm joking. <laughs> I graduated not because of what I did, but because of what God had called me to do. And so though I put in the work, maybe I could have put in a little more, come on, but but like I am standing here today not on my own effort, not because I put in extremes amount of work and I never slept. It was because God was like, I see something in you. I'm calling you to something greater. I'm going to have favor over your life. Now let me help you. And so, so here, here's, here it is. My pace will always make me the hero. God's pace will always give him the honor. So my pace will always make me the hero. God's pace will always bring him the honor. So when I tell you that I'm standing here today, it's because of Jesus. Yeah. 
He did it all. Not me, I promise you. Like, at, like why we're here as a church five or nine years in? Trust me, y'all. It wasn't because of me. I have an amazing leadership team, but trust me, it wasn't because of them. We're sitting here because we, we put action to it. We allowed God to, to, to maneuver the pace. But we're here all because he, he did it. He did it all. So three questions to ask yourself. Does the pace make sense? And the band can come up. And we're going to close with worship. Does the, does the pace make sense to me? Second question. Does the pace leave others behind? And the last one. Does the pace bring glory to God? See, when I, when I try to decide the pace, it limits God. It limits God's ability to work supernaturally. And then all of a sudden, it just looks like it's something natural. Does that make sense? Like when, when timing doesn't make sense and God intervenes, people are like, whoa, how'd you do that? It was God. I don't know. It's God. And I want to read one verse. I think we have it, and then we're going to close. Numbers chapter 9. I don't know. Ah. Thank you, Josh. It says this. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the clouds settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out. And at the and at his command, they encamped. I told you I shouldn't be here right now. I'm trying to read the sentence. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. And so, remember, Abram, God had Abram stand out. And he talked to Abram about uh, offspring and territory. And so, Israel, they, they had been... Um, They've been slaves in a foreign land for hundreds of years. They're finally free. Moses is taking them on a journey to the promised land, to the land that God was showing uh, Abraham. Now, if I am Israel, and if my ancestors had just been held captive in Egypt for hundreds of years and if I am now free my natural inclination is to book it to the promised land I'm thinking I just want to get to the promised land and so what we read in, in Numbers chapter 9 it, it causes a bit of a, of a problem in my spirit because God, you, you want me to stop when you stop? You want me to move when you move? I just want to make it to, to the promised land. 
But what we read, and obviously Israel had ups and downs in their journey. But what we read is that they were surrendered fully to the leading of God's action, God's movement. So when God moved, they packed up their stuff and they moved. When God stopped, they set up camp and they just stayed. Why? Because pace isn't my place. I gotta put action to the expectation. But I gotta make sure that action doesn't mean taking control, but rather it means following the pace, the timing of God. Amen, somebody?